0: Drive time, Keeping you informed and inspired.
1: We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him.
0: Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz.
2: Praise, Praise be Jesus Christ.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. How was your day? It's Friday. You made it. You made it through the whole week. Praise God. I hope that your weekend is going to be restful and peaceful. You get to turn everything off, right? Uh, No more news. You don't have to worry about the news for a couple of days. Praise God for that. Hopefully you'll do something peaceful and enjoyable. Or maybe you get through your honeydew list or that, I don't know, the tasks that you've been waiting all week to get to, just to kind of get away. Because I think we need that to recharge ourselves. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. So we have a great show lined up for you today. Super excited about that. On the program today is going to be a new guest, someone we've not uh, spoken to before. Susan Musket is going to be on the program. She is the president of Pro-Life, rather Pro-Family Women. And she's putting a call out to all Catholic women nationwide to pray and sacrifice for some of these anti-life initiatives coming out of the new administration. So we'll be talking to her in the guest segment. Teresa Kamara is going to join the program in the What's Concerning Us segment to give us the pro-life news update for the week. So we'll be talking to her, and that's going to be uh, nice to have her back on the program. Of course, we have breaking news and stories with Emily, and of course, uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, all of that on the program. Plus, today is the day we give out, we pick a winner of our Catholic Trivia Game Show on the program. So I'm super excited. We'll have Three more chances to win the prize in the next hour, and then we'll pick a name out, and they will get a a prize pack that's $70 in value. Uh, So I think it's one of those chewable rosaries. Uh, Emily, good morning to you. Thanks for being uh, on the program again. Who is the sponsor of our game show in the next hour?
4: For this week, it's Aroma Rosaries. So they're giving away the Guadalupe Bracelet, which comes with essential oils.
3: Yeah, praise God. So that's going to be fun. So we're looking forward to that. We always like giving prizes away, right? That's a part of the. That's the best part of the job.
4: It's so fun, and just to see someone's day made by blessing them with some Catholic product. <laughs> yes, you're also ble- blessing. You know who, the producers of the product, the Catholic companies who might be struggling right now.
3: Yeah, uh, and you you were passing around video of babies chewing on these rosaries earlier, so it's quite quite adorable.
4: Oh, so cute! You have to go look it up. Look at Chew's Life. They make these. Chewable rosaries so that your baby can stay entertained during Mass. But they're for next month's sponsor.
3: Well, speaking of entertainment, Adrian Fonseca is on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, absolutely. And all of our uh,
5: winners of the prizes, please uh, post on your social medias and tag us and the sponsors in your posts. We'd love to see you um, with your new, with your prizes as you get them.
3: We did get somebody chime in uh, yesterday on one of the, I think it was on on YouTube side, yes, saying they were enjoying the prizes that they had won. So we're very grateful for that. But that's all going to be on today's Catholic Drive Time. So it's a jam packed show. We're super excited about it, and hope you'll be hanging out with us for the ride. Let's begin with our prayer. Whatever your intentions are, dear listener, I'm going to include those with our intentions. As we offer them up to Our Lady for her intercession for all of us, for all of our needs. I'm praying for peace in our country, peace in our world today. Of course, I'm praying for uh, our president. I'm praying for his health, but also for his reversion of heart on the non-negotiable issues. As a Catholic, it's very concerning. So we're praying for him. Uh, that the Holy Spirit will will help to inspire him on these things. And we're asking for our prayers for the Holy Father and his health issues as well. But let's, let's ask Our Lady to whisper these intentions into the ear of her Son, that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz.
4: President Joe Biden signed an executive order on Thursday afternoon reversing the Mexico City policy. This policy prohibits U.S. funding of foreign NGOs that perform or promote abortions as a method of family planning. The policy was first put into place by President Ronald Reagan in an effort to ensure that taxpayers were not required to indirectly fund abortion procedures performed in other countries. The policy has been undone via executive order by every subsequent Democratic administration and reinstated by each Republican one. Recent polls have shown that more than three-quarters of Americans oppose their tax dollars funding abortions in foreign countries. Some U.S. bishops said in a statement that this executive order is antithetical to reason. It violates human dignity and is incompatible with Catholic teaching. An investigation found that New York's health department may have underreported COVID-19 nursing home deaths by 50%. In a report released yesterday, the Office of New York Attorney General Letitia James said that the state undercounted the number of nursing home deaths due to the virus. In addition, certain actions by the state and by nursing homes put vulnerable residents at risk during the pandemic, the office claimed. The report also said that due to Governor Cuomo's order in March requiring nursing homes to accept recovering COVID patients from hospitals, vulnerable nursing home residents were put at a greater risk of contracting the virus. Pro-abortion protesters are reacting to Poland's new ban on ableist abortions. Protesters gathered in the streets of Warsaw and other cities on Wednesday night after Poland's government announced a near-total ban on abortion had suddenly gone into effect. The country's constitutional court had ruled in October to ban terminations of pregnancies with fetal defects, nearly the only abortions that occur in Poland, which already had strict limits on the procedure. Abortion will now only be permitted in cases of rape or incest, or when the mother's health or life is in danger. The implementation of the ruling was delayed after weeks of huge protests this past fall. And a Vatican cardinal is criticizing a German theologian's ecumenical statement. The Ecumenical Study Group of Protestant and Catholic Theologians, known as OAK, published a statement in response to a critical assessment of the group's proposal for a reciprocal Eucharistic hospitality between Catholics and Protestants by the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. The CDF raised concerns last year of a document prepared by the OAK entitled Together at the Lord's Table, which envisaged a quote-unquote Eucharistic meal fellowship between Catholics and Protestants. The CDF responded by saying, The doctrinal differences between Catholics and Protestants are still so important that they currently rule out reciprocal participation in the Eucharist. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Saint,
3: Saint Dolan Forkhale, pray for us, born in 530 in Moslecht County Cavan in Ireland. He was the son of Colomach Eric and Forcella, and they were related to Irish royalty and to Saint Aidan of Farns as well. He was a noted student who went blind as a young man, and many said it was because he read too many books. But don't listen to it. It's not true. In fact, he was a monastic and chief bard and poet of Ireland in 575, and he reformed the Bardic Order, thus helping to preserve the Gaelic language and literature. His most famous work is Ambra Chaelum Kili, the Eulogy of St. Columba, after Columba had defended the institution of the Bards. Legend has it that uh, upon his resuscitation of this poetry, his eyesight was restored to him. But uh, in fact, in 598, pirates attacked his monastery in in Skeel in Ireland, and he was beheaded, uh, considered a martyr for the faith. But legend has it again that when they uh, chopped off his head and threw it into the sea, his head washed back up onto the shore, was reattached to his body so that he could continue to recite the poetry during the attack got to be true. St. Dolan Forkhale, pray for us. The gospel today comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Jesus said to the crowds, this is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. He said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, that when it is sown in the ground, it is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables he did not speak to them, but to his own disciples he explained everything in private. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Interesting, this first half of this gospel, this uh, parable, is found nowhere else but in the gospel of Mark. Uh, It's fascinating because we see here that the kingdom will be visibly maturing like grain. I I pulled this straight out of the Ignatius uh, Catholic Study Bible. It says that the kingdom of, of God will be visible like grain. However, the spiritual forces behind it will remain invisible. I think that's an important point. Uh, we see what's behind all of this is the Lord and his will and his intentions. No matter what we see on the surface, and a lot of times what we see sometimes we don't even like. it. It's really kind of revolting in many cases. The sins of the members of the body uh, do cause great fracture and stress in the family, but it is still the will of God in the church, and it's still the church that is pure and spotless, the bride of Christ. And it, that sickle, that is the judgment coming for all of us. And it should give us a sense of pressure. The clock is ticking. Let us live in a state of grace. Let us live good and holy lives, because the day has come when we all have to stand and give an account. Now, the second half about the seed of the mustard seed, right, It's the smallest of all seeds that grows into the greatest of shrubs, I can't tell you how many times I would have conversations with non-Catholics that would say, where in the Bible do we see, you know, basilicas and the Pope and the vestments and the this and the that and the other thing, all this pomp and this massive thing? Well, this parable itself speaks to this very issue. Right? It starts small and grows massive, grows worldwide, starts with 12 and grows to around the world. St. Gregory the Great would say the maturing grain signifies our increase in virtue. First, the seeds of good intentions are sown. These gradually bring forth the blade of repentance and ultimately the mature ear of charitable works. When established in virtue, we are, make, we are made ripe for God's harvest, it will grow bigly. Is my take on that if uh, you know to take a trumpism, this seed starts small, but it grows huge over time. It is the will of God to encompass the entire world to bring about the Catholic church, which is encompassing, encompassing the entire universal nature of our our existence, our planet. This was prophecy in daniel and and Isaiah and other places it 's a powerful realization. That no matter the fractures, the faults, the the sins of the individual members, the church is still the will of God. Uh, Emily, Adrian? Absolutely. I think uh, one important
5: thing that Alapide brings up is he brings out the interpretations of the different elements of the parable here. He says the seed is the word of God, but the word made flesh. So it's Christ himself. And then it's also the evangelical uh, doctrine, which is the gospel. The gospel is being preached. The field itself is the hearers, the people out there. So you and I, we are the hearers of the word. Now, what we decide to do with what we hear is up to us. How do we respond to the word that is preached to us? Now, here's the scary part. Alapide talks about the harvest. He said the harvest is two things. One, it is the end of the world, and it is the end of our world, which is our death. So those are the three main things that he brings out in uh, verse 26. And so this is very important because in our lives, we have the opportunity constantly, like just right now, if you're listening to this, then you are hearers of the word because Joe just read the gospel, which is the word of God. And so when we hear the word, we have a chance to respond. And based on our response to that, that determines how we will be at the harvest and the harvest is, as Day says, the end of the world and the end of our world. Because we may not live to see the end times. In fact, I probably place my money on the fact that we won't uh, live to see the end times. But the end times will come for us, every single one of us, because we all die memento mori is a great saying of the benedictine monks how they would greet one another and uh, that means remember your death because we will die one day and it's going to be sooner than we think uh, it could be today could be tomorrow could be 20 years 30 years down the road who knows but that
3: it is coming for us alright well maybe we'll get Emily's take later in the program but uh, that's going to do it for the Saint of the Day Gospel of Day section coming up next is the What's Concerning Us segment and Teresa Kamara is back on the program we're going to get the pro-life news for the week but Plus, we'll have Susan Musket from uh, Profamily.org, ProfamilyWomen.org, to conversate with us about the Biden administration initiatives. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back.
1: St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1.17, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Many evangelicals see this passage as an indication that baptism is not necessary for salvation. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, I don't think Paul meant I don't have authorization to baptize. If that were true, well, then he would have acted in disobedience when he baptized Crispus, Gaius, and the household of Stephanas, which he tells us about in the preceding verses. But we don't want to say that. It's more likely Paul was being hyperbolic in order to stress, one, the focus of his ministry, which was to preach, and two, It doesn't matter by whom you're baptized, which was the topic of discussion within context. Is Paul denying the necessity of baptism? I don't think so. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
6: We are a young and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If
7: you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is so good to be on with you this morning. Welcome to the What's Concerning Us segment. Uh, Don't forget, we're going to talk with Susan Musket, president and founder of profamilywoman.org. She's calling all Catholic women to prayer and fasting in regards to the life issues and the gender issues out of the new administration. We'll have that conversation with her in about 15 minutes or so. There's going to be a couple of stories that we might conversate in the after show of our program today, which is uh, still live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter the nursing home story out of New York is really tragic. Actually, we'll conversate about that. Plus, there's a, a story out of the Independent about an army, ch- army chaplain who's been investigated because he's responded to the transgender issue in the arm in the military. Uh, now he says they were mentally unfit on Facebook, and now he's being investigated. So we'll maybe conversate about that as well. But joining us in the studio right now is our in house pro life uh, uh, expert analyst. Uh, how do I, how do I W? Teresa Kamara's back on the program. Good morning. <laughs> Good we, morning, we some, Joe. We need some really fancy title for you.
6: Yeah, we haven't figured that one out. It's been, what, we've worked on the air together for almost two years. At least. So like out.
3: international, uh,
6: pro-life, <laughs> oh, wow. uh,
3: expert analyst. You're going to build up
6: the audience's anticipation yes. here. Yeah,
3: that's the, that's the goal. Well, that's
6: one the of the goal. things I actually was really surprised about over this week is I was, helping put on events uh, that are pro-life and also watching a lot of them because they are virtual. And so we have access to a lot of things that we didn't necessarily have access unless you were in person before. And so I was very surprised, I have to say, that so much focus was put on the prayer on the sidewalk. That's always been important to me. And that's definitely something that we do with Houston Coalition for Life. But at the same time, like seeing everyone talk about it, we I watched actually uh, for the first time the Law of Life Summit. Um, that was hosted by the St. Thomas More Society, um, and it was fantastic. And um, there were Abby Johnson and uh, Dr. Pat Castle with the president of Life Run- Runners. Um, of course, the team at St. Thomas More. Um, and, you know, it just it fascinated me how they kept coming back to the importance of the prayer on the sidewalk because— as well as the legal advances, but because the women are the ones that are making this decision in that moment. And the abortions, as as Sean Carney even put online as well, um, in encouraging people to come out, you know, abortions are not happening in the halls of Congress. They're not happening, you know, in in the whenever the president makes an executive order. They're happening there at the abortion facility. So if people come out and pray, then women are changing their mind. And actually this past week, Whenever um, I went into the office, and I want to say it was last Friday. I could be wrong, like right after our show. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the sonographers at our office said, you know, one woman just changed her mind because she saw one person on the sidewalk and she wow. said she didn't have to be there. Right. She didn't have to be there. And yeah. so th- that sacrifice of time, that act of love is changing hearts and minds. And so today, I encourage you um, to tune in to the March for Life online uh, virtually from noon to one. And then also Sean Carney and Sean Carney with Four Days for Life and Lila <laughs> Rose with live action. You can tell it's early in the morning. My <laughs> brain is not fully functioning. But with those two major groups are going to be pushing for people to come out to the sidewalk today and come pray outside of the local abortion facility. Remember that we are peaceful, we are prayerful, we are... Just focusing on the sidewalk, you're going to stay out of the pub, you know, in the public right away and off their property and just focus on prayer for an end to abortion. And that's really what the big call for today is. Also, today is um, wrapping up the National Vigil for Life, um, which has been a big part of the March for Life. And so that has been hosted online. Different bishops have been coming on leading holy hours. I mean, so if you if you're like, where, where are the bishops? They're doing these holy hours. They are sacrificing their time overnight. To from last from yesterday at 7 p.m, you know and then Archbishop Nauman said the opening mass at 730 and it's all the way till 7 a.m Mass again with Archbishop Lori of Baltimore. But we do want you to stay involved here at 7 a.m. and you can watch the recording and pray with them um, as well. So um, also, there's going to be a movie coming out uh, this next month in February hopefully, about um Nau v. Shiler case, which was a huge landmark decision um, that has allowed for pro-lifers to continue to pray on the sidewalk. So um, for those that were inspired by Unplanned, we encourage you to also keep your eyes open for na- uh, a documentary that's going to be coming out on Nalvi v. Shiler, and I'll have more details on that. Coming up in the coming weeks,
3: we're talking with Trisha Kamara, our in-house pro-life uh, analyst of the news. But uh, real quick, before we jump back into that, I just got a notice here from one of our uh, our fans who mm-hmm. hangs out with us almost every single day on answer? our social media streams. No, Lori actually oh, Lori. is in need of prayers. Her son oh. is in the ICU. Uh, with okay. covid so please do keep michael in your prayers today and all mm-hmm. those that are suffering through COVID as well but laurie's a, a great fan of the catholic drive Times, so th- oh, we're praying for you laurie we're mm-hmm. praying for your family too uh all right to, to, what did you think uh kamara real quick i know i'm going to interrupt your your flow here no but you're good what did you think about the nursing home story out of new york half they reported half of the actual casualties
6: it's horrific and the thing is like the challenge is always how are people having to report the deaths of individuals because we find that struggle also with the abortion industry whenever women have complications. So like this past week there was another ambulance outside of one of the abortion facilities and uh, one of the locations is documenting all of these abuses within the abortion facilities um, and also the legal, uh, what's the one I'm looking for, the the legal requirements for abortions whether for each of these particular locations across the nation Um, is run by Abby Johnson. And uh, so I would recommend that you look at Abby Johnson's webpage for more details on that. Uh, But as far as like, um, yeah, it's it's horrific how the abortion industry is able to get away with not documenting if women have complications. And we're seeing this similarly now with these COVID patients. And so it's really critical to, to just... Stay in the loop and try to find out all the information that we can as, as we go. We'll see what happens with New York.
3: It's going to be interesting under uh, President Biden. Um, with all the, I mean, that he, as we reported this morning, Emily, you reported it. The, mm-hmm. he, he finally signed the Mexico City poli- re- policy reversal, right. which, as you stated, <laughs> depending on the administration, always bounces. Yeah, we back saw and that forth. coming. but Yeah, still but I was surprised that it took him this long. Mm-hmm. Of course, he signed more executive orders in the first week of his presidency than any other president in the history of the country. I think it's right. been
6: over twenty-one.
3: That's insane. Like this, yeah. looking at the stack uh, of these orders on his desk. Uh, it's pretty uh, concerning, I would say. Yeah,
4: Trump did like one, Obama did like five, but 21 is absurd. It's just an absurdly high number. It's
3: so yeah. many. And then, so, some of the big ones that are concerning us as Catholics, of course, the pro-life one, Mexico right. City policy. Which I was
6: very glad that the um, bishops came out, and that Archbishop Joseph Nauman, Nauman and Bishop Malloy came mm-hmm. out and and said, you know, we have the problem with this particular one. They came out the same day um, in the letter that they posted. It's um, they, they, that people can read on the USCCB's website. He says, it is grievous that one of President Biden's first official acts actively promotes the destruction of human lives in developing nations. This executive order is anth- oh antithetical. Gosh. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, it's I'm hard to awake. use fancy words. It's <laughs> certainly in the morning. <laughs> to, to reason violates human dignity and is incompatible with church teaching. And the thing is, people need to follow the church teaching, even yeah. if Biden... I know. Is not following well, it. it does, he doesn't. He doesn't get. Th- he doesn't have the authority to change church teaching. That's
3: the crazy thing when we talk about uh, you know the president or you know or somebody famous, right? All of a sudden, we're we find ourselves divided down political lines, right versus mm-hmm. left. But this is not right left. This is this not is a right, right left. Right wrong. Show. I mean, the church teaches. That abortion is evil, that uh, you know anything outside of marriage between a man and a woman is not is evil, uh, you know we have the the five non negotiables they 're non negotiable not because someone on the political right said so. They're non-negotiable because always and every time they're intrinsically evil. It's a natural law issue.
4: Right, and granted, if you've been formed by the world and not very well catechized, then you might not understand why the church teaches these things, but that's why I encourage everyone, do your research, read the catechism. Really, if you want to be able to explain this to other people, like, learn why the church has these teachings.
3: Yeah, and not even the Pope himself has the authority to change natural law. No one on planet Earth can do that. Yeah, and we talked about this, uh, in detail, if you go back
5: to the interview with
3: Michael Lofton, I highly recommend going back and yeah. seeing that, was we, a good interview. That, that interview.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, a few minutes left in our conversation with Teresa Camaro talking about the pro life news of the week. Uh, you know, so there's a lot going on. Uh, do you see, they're talking about making the wall around the Capitol permanent now. Really? Yeah, there's a debate um, on in Washington D.C. as to whether or not that'll happen. I think the mayor is not in favor of it, but the chief chief of police is. So there's a little bit of internal turmoil there. But uh, if that happens, how do you think that will affect the future of the pro life march in D.C.?
6: I mean, and I think it'll affect all the marches the same way, as far as like not being able to get closer to a certain point. I think I think the main thing is going to be like this this year they did not want to have the march. Because there were so many military there, there was some concern that if anything was to happen, you know, I mean, it could be a concern that that someone could take advantage of the fact that there were so many young people out there. And it could basically be um, they got people that were from not from their group come in and try to take it over. And so it's not, you know, it was just it was just a prudent issue as far as but there will there will be people who are out there marching today um, that will be six feet apart wearing masks. um, So we may not, hopefully people will be able to recognize the leaders with their masks on, Mm -hmm, you know, from, from, because of familiarity. Um, I know Abby Johnson was, is going to be one of the ones marching. Most likely I would, I would assume uh, that Kristen Hawkins and Lila Rose are going to be out there. Um, And so we'll see, we'll see who all is out there whenever uh, on the live stream from noon to one today. Uh, Central Standard Time. So,
3: Well, the good news is I heard Antifa was wearing masks last night when they were throwing explosive devices at ICE and federal officers. In Portland. Uh, in Portland. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they were socially distanced while throwing these explosive devices, but they were wearing masks, apparently. So. Oh, dear. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's okay, though, right? That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It's so yeah. important, that's important,
6: that's important that's to that's focus that's on. Bad, it's so important to focus on the dignity of the human person, and and I think it's very easy to get bogged down in the frustration and the anger and the anxiety. So it's really important for us to keep keep our focus on Christ and to continue to. We have to stand yes. strong for in defense of people. So mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we just get walked on, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time. If we don't keep our focus on Christ, we don't want to become the person that we are opposing. Exactly, you know, yeah. and so yeah. we don't we don't want to take they they are still human, they are in pain, and there's a lot of women who, and and I remember hearing um, Doctor Reardon from the Elliott Institute talk about with post abortion healing that many women oppose uh, pro lifers that have had an abor- you know whenever they've had an abortion because they are thinking if if you're right then i just did the unthinkable and so keep in mind that these mm-hmm. women need that healing and there is there is a lot of healing uh, there are a lot of healing programs that are available through things like hopeafterabortion.org so i highly recommend that one
3: Alright, praise be to God. We'll post links to some of the stories we mentioned over at Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. I'm posting them there. Emily, I think you're posting on GRN, Facebook.com That's forward right. slash mm-hmm. GRN online. And Adrian is uh, posting over at Facebook.com forward slash the, Ca- the Station of the Cross. I almost said something different. The Station of the Cross. So you can find those links. And maybe we'll have a greater conversation about some of these stories during our after show. Uh, so that'll be in the second half of the next hour, if you can join Join us on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter. You can check us out there. Patrice Kamara, thanks for being back on our program. Yes, I guess we'll see you, you next
6: Friday. <laughs> and I'll be more awake. I'll <laughs> uh, be more
3: awake. Be more coffee for you. Patrice <laughs> Kamara, our in house pro life expert from HoustonCoalition.com. Check her out on uh, HoustonCoalition.com. God bless you. That's going to do it for the What's Concerning Us segment. Coming up after the break, though, we're going to have more breaking news and stories. Plus Susan Musket from ProFamilyWomen.org will be on the show. We'll be right back. More Catholic Drive Time is
2: coming your way. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, We should not blame people for whatever bad things they may sometimes do? We should not judge them for their faults. We should be kind and merciful well, of course we should be kind and merciful. However, it is not merciful to say that we should not blame them for the sins they commit. As G.K. Chesterton says, blame is actually a compliment. It is a compliment because it is an appeal to a man's soul. When we call a man a coward, we are, in so doing, asking him how he can be a coward when he could be a hero. When we rebuke a man for being a sinner... We imply that he has the potential of being a saint. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org.
4: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines. Just as a reminder, I'm also posting these to Instagram as well. A pro life bill has passed a key hurdle in Charleston. A proposed South Carolina ban on abortion after an unborn child's heartbeat can be detected has won approval from the state Senate for the first time, drawing praise from the Catholic Diocese of Charleston. The state currently bans abortion after 20 weeks into pregnancy. If the heartbeat-based bill becomes law, doctors who violate it could face a felony charge and up to two years in prison. Women seeking abortions would not be subject to criminal prosecution. Exemptions would allow abortions in cases where the child was conceived in rape or incest. The U.S. Supreme Court is believed to be favorable towards changing the current legal precedent that mandates permissive abortion laws nationwide. In a rare moment of unity, Ted Cruz and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez agreed that Robinhood's freeze of GameStop trading is unacceptable. On Twitter yesterday, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez called restrictions on trading shares of GameStop and other hot stocks put in place yesterday by the app Robinhood are unacceptable and says she'd support a hearing on the decision if necessary. Ted Cruz responded by saying he fully agrees. However, the moment was short-lived, as AOC then responded, telling the senator to sit this one out because she claimed he almost had her murdered three weeks ago, a reference to the January 6th Capitol riot. The Supreme Court in Pakistan has ordered the release of a man convicted in the murder of Daniel Pearl. The court sparked international outrage yesterday by ordering the release of Ahmad Saeed Omar Sheikh, who was convicted in the gruesome 2002 murder of Wall Street Journal reporter Daniel Pearl before being acquitted last year. Sheikh has been on death row since his conviction for luring Pearl to his death at the hands of Al-Qaeda, but was acquitted of his murder conviction in April 2020, along with three other individuals accused of lesser charges in connection to the killing. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki called the Pakistan High Court's decision an affront to terror victims everywhere, saying that Washington is committed to securing justice for Daniel Pearl's family. And Pope Francis has granted a plenary indulgence for those who take part in this year's March for Life. The annual peaceful protest against abortion is set to take place virtually today at 12 o'clock Central Standard Time. An indulgence is the remission of the temporal punishment due to sins which have already been forgiven. The usual conditions for a plenary plenary indulgence which must be met are that the individual be in a state of grace by the completion of the acts, have complete detachment from sin, and pray for the Pope's intentions. The person must also sacramentally confess their sins and receive communion up to 20 days before or after the indulgenced act. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for uh, reading the headline news and keeping us up to date. Uh, Real quick, as I always like to mention at this part of the show, if you go to grnonline.com forward slash c-d-t, you can find the podcast, the audio version of our program, and you can uh, be able to listen to past shows. They're all linked up over there. Plus, we have playlists on the video side is all there as well, and links to all the social platforms that we're posting to. our content to. So if you're looking to plug in and you want direct links to make it super easy, just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get that but joining us right now by phone is susan muskett president of profamilywomen.org and she's putting out a call for catholic women nationwide to pray and sacrifice uh, due to these new initiatives out of uh, the biden administration she joins us by phone good morning to you susan muskett
7: good morning joe good morning emily
3: uh, praise God, we're grateful for your time. Real quick, can you uh, give us the, the background on profamilywomen.org? What's, what is this organization, when did you start it, and what is your mission?
7: It's a new organization that was started last year, and our mission is to promote the values of faithful Catholic women in proclaiming the truth about human life and family. Um,
3: and I see this uh, press release that you put out. On January 21 says the Biden administration is quickly taking action to promote gender identity ideology in America and intends to reverse a key pro-life policy that President Trump enacted yesterday. President Biden issued an executive order uh, regarding gender identity and sexual orientation that states that that it is policy that children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, the locker room or school sports and instructing government agencies to take action to fully implement this policy. Uh, says the new Biden White House website now uses gender-inclusive prefixes and pronouns. Uh, it says, moreover, in the coming days, President Biden intends to rescind the pro-life Mexico City policy that prohibits federal funding of organizations that perform or promote abortions overseas. In fact, that did happen yesterday. We'll link to it, by the way, this uh, this news release from profamilywomen.org. We'll also link to the website as well on facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. But uh, Susan... Um, it, I'd like to address both of these issues. Why are these two issues, the, the gender identity issues and the Mexico City policy, very concerning to profamilywomen.org?
7: Because both issues go to a core truth of the Catholic faith, which is that God created each of us as male or female with a nature that's directed towards marriage and the birth of children, and that life is sacred. So both of these issues are related because they both go to... Basically, God's design for creation.
3: You know, as Catholics, um, we should be very concerned, right, about these issues. And this has been one of the divisive uh, topics within the Catholic community. 50% voted for President Biden, 50% voted the other way. And there seems to be uh, a sense in in our Church that these issues, the gender issues, or or the marriage issues, or the life issues— um, or even some of the other non-negotiable issues are negotiable, like we can we can ch- pick and choose. Um, what say you, Susan Musket, about that divisive issue among Catholics these days?
7: You know, I think if they even just look back to the teachings of President, I mean, of uh, Pope Benedict, he, he said these issues are non-negotiable in terms of the Catholic faith. He was very clear about that. And they really do go to, you know, especially like, take the gender identity ideology that's being promoted in our schools. That ideology goes to the basic issue that by affirming a child's new gender identity, you're implicitly conveying to that child that God made a mistake when he created that child's sex. And, and, and that is not true. It's part of God's design for creation.
3: One of the things that I was concerned about under President Trump wasn't it was his sort of duplicitous nature on the gender issues. On one hand, he he blocked the transgender uh, members of American military serving, and now that's been reversed. And there's a story out of about an army chaplain who's about to be investigated about his negative comments on that. We'll probably talk about that later in the program. But also, like, he didn't necessarily defend traditional marriage between a man and a woman. In fact, there were many in the LGBTQ uh, communities that supported President Trump because they felt he was very supportive of them. Uh, I'm thinking of Dave Rubin, for instance, or the former National Security uh, Agency uh, uh, director um, and others. Uh, So it seems like there's a bit of a confusion there from the Trump administration. And yet President Biden has made it very clear where he stands Uh, What should we as Catholics think and do about this, Susan Musket?
7: Well, I think definitely it was very disappointing about President Trump in terms of the LGBTQ issues, but I can say I've lobbied on the pro-life issues at the national level for most of my career, and he was undoubtedly the most pro-life president we have ever had in our nation. He was very bold in the actions he took to promote life, both here in our country and nation and worldwide. So, um, but in terms of what we can do as Catholics nationwide, I think there's three main things. Of course, we have to go back to the time-tested tools of the saints in our church, which are prayer, going to Eucharistic adoration, um, going to Mass. I mean, the Rosary. Our, Our Lady called herself Our Lady of the Rosary at Fatima, and that's the standard under which our organization is working, Our Lady of the Rosary. But I think also, as Catholics, I think we have to speak the truth and treat this Biden presidency as an opportunity to educate our fellow Catholic women, men, and children in our own circles about the truth. You know, um, I know how people are feeling. You see darkness all around you. I know that. But I think that one thing that has encouraged me a great deal and given me great hope It's something that the late Cardinal Gagnon of Canada said back in the 1980s. He said he had a conversation with Pope St. John Paul II, and the Cardinal said that error makes its way because truth is not taught. Hmm. And he said, the Pope said, that when we stand up for the truth, there's a grace that accompanies that truth. And even if the person at the time rejects what we are saying, he says later that that grace that you've conveyed to that person will be imparted, and then that person will open their heart and their uh, mind to that truth at a later date, because you've imparted that grace. And so that gives me a lot of encouragement. And I guess I would tell our listeners, whether they're mothers, fathers, grandparents, aunts, uncles, speak that truth to your children. You know, they may not accept it at the time, but you want to impart that grace to them, that Pope John Paul II spoke of. And lastly, of course, I think we need to take action. You know, what was it? St. Ignatius of Loyola said, pray as if everything depended on God and work as if everything depended on you. Amen. All
3: right, hold mm-hmm. that thoughts. We're talking with Susan Musket. She is the president uh and founder of dot Profamilywoman.org. profamilywoman.org. Uh, we're talking about this press release she put out and the uh, the opportunity for all of us to do something about our current circumstances. We'll have more of that conversation coming up after this break on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time keeping you informed and inspired it's coming up next. We'll be right back.
1: This is Mike and Alicia Hernan with a Messy Family Minute. When you have a fight with your spouse, or I mean a discussion with emotion, uh, it's very easy to have tunnel vision and to make the goal of communication getting our way. Because of course we are right and they are wrong.
6: The reality is there are many things couples need to decide that aren't moral issues, but instead, prudential judgments. Often we can become obsessed with making the perfect decision, but we all need to remember that at the end of the day, Even if you have a smarter idea than your spouse, it's better to be wrong together than right alone.
3: The goal of communication in marriage is not about being right or even simply being understood, but it's about achieving unity. We need to trust
1: our spouse and listen with an open heart and being willing to see from a different perspective. Becoming a better listener with your spouse will actually make you a better person. For more insights, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Universe is
5: filled with order from top to bottom, and it 's a beautiful order and not only is it beautiful, it's an order that we can actually comprehend and it 's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it.
6: Please visit father spitzer's website modiscenter.com to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and god 's creation that's magIScenter.com.
3: Praise speed of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's so good to be on with you this morning. Good morning to you. Don't forget, uh, coming up in the next hour, we're going to have three more opportunities at our trivia game show uh, because we're pulling the name out of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence today. So a winner gets drawn and the prize gets given away. So if you want the three last opportunities to win that, make sure you tune in next hour for that. But we're having a conversation right now with Susan Musket from the profamilywomen.org website about uh, not only the the issues that concern us as Catholics under this new administration, the family issues, the gender issues, but what we can do about it. I know, Emily, before we went to break, you had some questions for Susan as well.
4: Yeah, I wanted to point out something that I think I've noticed over the past several years. Um, I think under the Trump administration, pro-lifers have grown a little bit comfortable because of all the pro-life victories that he was making. I know even personally I'll admit that I stopped praying outside of abortion mills as frequently as I did before the Trump presidency. So Susan, do you see the pro-life movement in a sense having to get back into the trenches, getting back to our grassroots movement of, you know, being in-person, in-person prayer and not so much um, watching the presidency take action?
7: Yeah, I think you're right, Emily. I mean, we can't just sit back and be, you know, throwing up our hands and disappointments. Uh, no, we have to, we have to be persistent. And I know our listeners, a lot of them are persistent, but we have to double down. We have to be outside of the abortion clinics. We have to be writing and emailing our legislators. We have to be taking action and then doubling down on, on the time tested tools of the saints, you know. Prayer is key, and we really just have to storm heaven at this time.
4: And I actually, I just watched an interview with Zachary King, who is an ex-Satanist who speaks now about how abortions were used in satanic rituals and such. Um, And on your website for pro-family women, you talk about Our Lady of Fatima and the um, Sister Lucia saying that the last battle, Our Lady told us, would be over the family. So can you talk about how uh, the spiritual warfare that we're going to be engaging and how we can arm ourselves?
7: Yes, that is a very key point. I don't know if a lot of your listeners are aware of this, but in the 1980s, Sister Lucia, who was one of the three children at Fatima, she wrote a letter in which she said, I'm going to quote, a time will come when the decisive battle between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over marriage in the family. And she wrote this to a cardinal um, in Italy. And then he later said in 2017, he said, What Sister Lucia wrote to me is being fulfilled today, meaning we are in the midst of the decisive battle over marriage and the family. So each of us here today, God placed us at this point in history for this decisive battle. So we all have really got to get busy and really pray, take action, speak the truth to our loved ones. I mean, God is calling us we're here at this time in, in our in our country's history. Everyone around the world looks to America, let's face it, for good or bad. They look to see what takes place in our country. So we have an added burden as pro-lifers here in America to really double down and try to, uh, especially at the state level these days, promote pro-life policies.
3: You know, uh, back when uh, President Obama was first elected, um, there was... There was a sense of, I couldn't believe that uh, we've elected somebody so against a life at conception. Somebody so pro-choice, somebody so pro-abortion. It was shocking to many Catholics, and I launched a website at the time called ConvertObama.com, where I recruited 500 people. I asked people to join me in prayer and fasting, and I think we prayed all during the holy season of Lent that year. Uh, this was 2000, was it 2008, uh, and, um, and we prayed and fasted for every single day of the calendar during Holy Lent. And then, uh, and then afterwards, uh, we sent a, a note to the President saying we prayed and fasted for him personally, uh, out of a sense of charity for him, but a desire for, for the Lord to give him prevenient graces to help bring about his conversion of heart, mind, and soul, especially on the life issues, if nothing else. And it seems like you're doing something similar here with, uh, with these new executive orders, this new policy, uh, this new administration. What do you hope to achieve by asking women in particular to pray and fast?
7: I think the very thing that you're saying, I think, you know, I look to Our Lady, and what did Our Lady say when she appeared to Fatima, and in many of her apparitions? She says, pray the rosary. So if Our Lady is telling us to do this, okay, I say, she's the expert. She is. She didn't come to Fatima and say, you know, do this or do that. She said, Pray the rosary. She said, pray for others who are, she said, people are going into hell because there's no one to pray for them. Mm-hmm. So I think you were right on target when you said we need to pray and fast for President Obama. And we have to double down now praying for not only President Biden, but for all of our legislators at the federal and the state level, because they all need our prayers. How many
3: How many do you hope to recruit, and how? what's the mechanism by which they can actually join you in this prayer and this fasting?
7: Well, you know, um, we are leaving it to them, because, you know, all the different parishes have so many opportunities, whether it's Eucharistic adoration, uh, you know, daily praying of the rosary, you know, but we're just urging Catholic women to do this, to really put President Biden in their prayers, and a lot of the legislature legislators at the federal level um, really that's going to be key to turning our country back around and we have a lot of opportunities at the state level you mentioned them earlier in your broadcast so I think people can continue to work at the state level too to achieve some pro-life goals
3: you know that's an excellent point I think in the conversation over the last few months everything is so focused federally and nationally and yet uh, there's so much more work to be done, and maybe the real where the rubber meets the road where the boots hit the ground is at the local level and maybe that's been a point that's been missed as of late, so uh maybe you can give us some more ideas how can we how can we do things at a local level that'll have a greater impact on our communities?
7: Well, I think you know you you need to key into some of the state uh organizations the pro life organizations in your states to stay abreast of what's taking place. And then you need to, like, take action. You need to follow them if they are going down to their state capitals to have some rallies. You need to go to show the force of the pro-life movement in your state. You need to uh, contact your legislators by email or phone. And just, uh, you know, a lot, unfortunately a lot of things are virtual these days, but if we open up and they have in-person town hall meetings, you need to go. If they're a pro-life legislator, you need to bolster them and tell them thank you. If they're not pro-life, you need to speak up and let them know that there are pro-lifers in their district that are not happy.
3: We're talking with uh, Susan Musket. She is the founder of uh, profamilywoman.org, profamilywoman.org. Beyond this initiative, um, Susan, what do you hope to accomplish through your organization?
7: What we are trying to do is really we want to speak the truth to a hurting world. We want to proclaim the real truths of the Catholic Church, because our church really holds the key in terms of human sexuality. And that's what we want to do. We want to tell, promote these truths about whether it's about the family, about marriage, about parental rights. You know, the the fact that parents are the key individuals that are responsible for the upbringing of their children. So we want to do this both on a national scale and on a local scale, and we want to do it from the perspective of the values of faithful Catholic women.
3: Do, do you intend to have like resources available for these uh, women? Because I think one of the things that we could all probably use a lot of is just m- more information about uh, education in, in particular, educating us as adults as to the actual teaching of the church yeah. and what it means on the life issues, on the family issues, on
2: the sex issues, right. and we all these Right, we were just
4: talking about this earlier. So many Catholics, the, reasons they're, the reason that they're not motivated in fighting this as hard as they can is because they're not well catechized and they don't fully understand the treasure that we have in The truth of the catholic faith so susan what can we
7: do about catechizing the catholic uh, lady well i think you're right i think that is a big problem and i commend guadalupe radio for that because just by having this radio station and network you are educating your listeners on the catholic truth And we need to do more of that. I agree we're going to continue to work to get resources on our website and channel people to other resources that will help them. But um, I think we need to use every opportunity we have, whether it's radio, like you are doing, whether it's social media, which a lot of the young people are following. We need to just constantly, you know, again, it's what Pope John Paul II told that Cardinal. He said, speak the truth. Repeat the truth. He said, He told that Cardinal, don't spend your time, you know, trying to refute all these errors and lies that are out there. He said they're endless. He said, focus on speaking the truth over and over again. And I think that's the key. Eventually, people will hear it. And if they hear it enough, it'll sink in.
3: All right. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. We've been speaking with Susan Musket. She's the president of Pro Family Woman, profamilywoman.org. We've posted a link to the news release and her website over at facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time, as well as on GRN and on the Station of the Cross site as well. Uh, Susan, thank you for your time today.
7: Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Emily.
3: God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, Susan. And that's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, great show. We're, we're going to post uh, the individual components of the show in video form over on our YouTube side, as well as on Rumble. And Rumble is a great place uh, if you could start uh, looking at the videos there, because it's going to help us overcome some of these shortfalls we're seeing in the algorithm and it's uh, on YouTube especially. It's been rough. Facebook has also been kind of rough but we're starting to see a little bit of growth happening uh, on the Facebook side again and I'm excited about that. So here's one of the things you can do to really help us. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Liking and sharing have way more weight in uh, on the digital end than subscribing does. So make sure you, you, you just take all those actions. that really helps us to overcome some of that stuff and, and reach a new audience, to share the good, the true, and the beautiful, to plant seeds in the hearts, to inform and to inspire. It's our mission here at the Catholic Drive Time. So we're very grateful to you for being a part of that mission. Now, in the next hour, if you're able to join us, and you can stream us live, by the way, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, to search for GRN online, uh, but also we're live on our mobile app. If you don't have your the Station of the Cross mobile app or the GRN mobile app, please download those today. It also makes a huge difference. But we're giving out prizes in the next hour during our Catholic Trivia Game Show. Today is the day. Every Friday, we pull a name out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence, and we have three last opportunities to get in on that action. Be a part of the next hour, and you'll find out how that works, plus all the other good stuff of Catholic Drive Time is coming up. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you on Monday, 6 a.m. Central.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time
6: A friend of mine has been reading the Left Behind books. Is there really going to be a rapture like these books talk about?
8: No. The rapture refers to a passage in 1 Thessalonians 4 where Christians are caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Many Christians believe, and the left-behind books promote, that this being caught up to meet the Lord will occur before the Great Tribulation. Christians will simply vanish, meet Jesus somewhere in the air, and then return with him to heaven to await the end of time. But notice, in verse 15, Paul says that we who are alive, who are left, shall be caught up. Those who are left get caught up to meet the Lord. The left-behind books get their name from a passage in Luke 17 and one in Matthew 20 24, which compares the coming of the Lord to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Matthew 24 puts it this way. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married, and they did not know until the flood came and swept them all the way. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one is taken and one is left. Two women grinding at the mill, one is taken, one is left. One is taken, one is left. The rapture, right? Jesus takes the Christians, leaves behind non-Christians two problems with that interpretation. First, Jesus' coming is compared to the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Well, after the flood, who was left? Noah and his family, the good guys, the bad guys were taken. After Sodom and Gomorrah went up in smoke, who was left? Lot and his daughters, the good guys, the bad guys were taken. Second problem, 1 Thessalonians 4 says that those who are left get to meet Jesus in the air. The good guys are left behind to meet Jesus. In other words, you want to be left behind so that you can get caught up in the clouds to meet Jesus in the air and accompany Him back to earth at His second and final coming. There will be no rapture like the one the left-behind books talk about. That view is not scriptural.
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
2: Anne is a real GRN listener, so to help tell her story, we hired Open Line Monday host John Martinoni.
6: I love listening to Catholic Radio and the GRN. Anne
2: is a smart girl.
6: And when I found out the GRN was raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250, I was like, where do I sign up?
2: Getting even smarter.
6: So, I went to GRNonline.com and bought five tickets for $100.
1: That's a stale. Celebrity Voice Impersonated. Drawing ends March 1st.
3: Good morning to you. Hopefully your day is going to go really, really well. We're going to give you all the latest breaking news and stories here in just a moment. Plus, we'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. But today's the day to have uh, to pull a winner out of the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. And we're going to give out some prizes today. But you get three more chances to get in on that drawing today today. ...during the Catholic Trivia Game Show, so it's the first caller who gets to be the contestant. You really want to have that phone number ready to go and to call and be uh, be ready to go. So we'll give out that number here in just a few minutes, so be ready for that. We just finished a conversation with Susan Musket, president of ProFamilyWoman Woman, profamilywoman.org. We're gonna post the interview just by itself as a video on our YouTube site and on Rumble. So go to rumble.com and find uh, Catholic Drive Time there. But if you're looking for all the links of all these platforms, Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Great place to go. Has all the links, making it super easy. Plus, the audio podcast is there so you can listen to back episodes as well as uh, the video playlist. So there's a lot of information over at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. In addition to that, while you're there, be sure to pick up your car raffle tickets because the GRN is giving somebody a brand new Mercedes in March first week in march so that's coming up very shortly and you could get in on that and be driving a brand new mercedes by the first week of march all you got to do is look for the rules and how to purchase your tickets at grnonline.com the uh the crew is here good morning to you emily
4: good morning joe happy friday
3: happy friday you got anything planned for the weekend
4: um i'm gonna catch up on homework
3: (laughs) oh that's right and
4: sleep (laughs) how is
3: school doing anyway
4: it's, I love my classes. I, oh, yeah? Studying theology is such a joy. It's like way too enjoyable. I can't believe I'm getting a degree out of this.
3: <laughs> You're paying. That's to get true. A out of it. That's oh, true. Well, but God. I do
4: love my classes.
3: And uh, how much longer in school do you have? What's left?
4: I am graduating this summer, so I'm really close.
3: Oh, you're you're right there. You're just trying yep. to wrap up everything at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, praise God. Uh, speaking of uh, school, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you. Speaking of school. Well, you were, uh, you were talking about going back to school, getting uh, a master's. Yeah,
5: we'll see what happens. It's hard to... To uh, do a master's program while working, at uh, work anyway, getting up at three <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, three in the morning.
3: It does put a damper on things, does it not? Yeah. Well, praise be to God. We're glad you're here. All right. So th- that's going to be the show this hour. Don't forget the seven thirty Holy Mass broadcast out of our Lady Corpus Christi Chapel. You can wait and expect that to happen at the bottom of the hour. But then we'll stay on the live video side of Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and we would love for you to be a part of that if you want to be a in on that conversation, you can always comment and we are we're, we're engaging with you there. Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time is a great place to go, as well as on on YouTube and Twitter. All right, so with that, let's begin with the prayer. Your intentions are being included along with our intentions here for our our program, our show, our radio apostolate, for our country, for our president, our our pope, and the world around us, our individual families as well. We're gonna ask our lady to whisper them into the ear of her Son, that He may draw us ever so more closely into His most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to Thy protection, implored Thy help, or sought Thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto Thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To Thee do I come, before Thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcres.
4: President Joe Biden signed an executive order on Thursday afternoon reversing the Mexico City policy. This policy prohibits U.S. funding of foreign NGOs that perform or promote abortions as a method of family planning. The policy was first put in place by President Ronald Reagan in an effort to ensure that taxpayers were not required to indirectly fund abortion procedures performed in other countries. The policy has been undone via executive order by every subsequent Democratic administration and reinstated by each Republican one. Recent polls have shown that more than three-quarters of Americans oppose their tax dollars funding abortions in foreign countries. Some of the U.S. bishops said in a statement that this executive order is antithetical to reason. It violates human dignity and is incompatible with Catholic teaching. An investigation found that New York's health department may have underreported COVID-19 nursing home deaths by 50%. In a report released on Thursday, the office of New York Attorney General Letitia James said that the state undercounted the number of nursing home deaths due to the virus. In addition, certain actions by the state and by nursing homes put vulnerable residents at risk during the pandemic. The report also said that due to Governor Cuomo's order back in March requiring nursing homes to accept recovering COVID patients from hospitals, vulnerable nursing home residents were put at a greater risk of contracting the virus. (laughs) Pro-abortion protesters are reacting to Poland's new ban on ableist abortions. Protesters gathered in the streets of Warsaw and other cities on Wednesday night after Poland's government announced a near-total ban on abortion had suddenly gone into effect. The country's constitutional court had ruled in October to ban abortions of babies with fetal defects, nearly the only abortions that occur in Poland, which already has strict limits on the uh, murder. Abortion will now only be permitted in cases of rape or incest, or when the mother's health or life is in danger. The implementation of this ruling was delayed after weeks of huge protests this past fall. And a Vatican cardinal is criticizing a German theologian's ecumenical statement. The ecumenical study group of Protestant and Catholic theologians, known by their German initials OAK, published a statement in response to a critical assessment of the group's proposal for a quote-unquote reciprocal Eucharistic hospitality between Catholics and Protestants by the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. The CDF raised concerns last year of a document prepared by the OAK entitled Together at the Lord's Table, which envisaged a quote-unquote Eucharistic meal fellowship between Catholics and Protestants. The CDF responded by saying, the doctrinal differences between Catholics and Protestants are still so important that they currently rule out reciprocal participation in the Eucharist. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Dalin Forkeil, pray for us. Born in 530 in Machslecht, County Cavan in Ireland, he was the son of Kola Mach-Erk and Forkella. They were related to Irish royalty and to St. Aidan Ferns. He was a noted student who went blind as a young man, and many said it was because he read too many books, but I encourage you not to believe that. Uh, because reading books is great. And he was a monastic and chief bard and poet of Ireland in 575. He reformed the bardic order, thus helping to preserve the Gaelic language and literature. His most famous work is Ambra Calum Kili, which is the eulogy of St. Columba. And after Columba had defended the institution of the bards, legend says that when uh, St. Dolan Faraghal read this work his eyesight was restored to him miraculously. But in 598, pirates would attack his monastery and it, uh, in Inskil in, in Ireland, and he would be beheaded during the melee. But he is considered a martyr for the faith, and legend has it that when he was beheaded, his head was tossed into the sea, but washed back up on shore and was reattached to his body so that he could continue to recite poetry during the attack. Could be true. Saint Dalin Forkale, pray for us. And the gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Jesus said to the crowds, This is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear, and when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. He said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed that when it is sown in the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth, But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables he did not speak to them, but to his own disciples he explained everything in private, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting, the first half of this passage, this parable, is only found here in Mark's Gospel. It's found nowhere else. But the kingdom of God, as according to the Ignatius Catholic uh, Scripture Study Bible, uh, the kingdom of God will be visibly maturing like the grain, right? It will go through its stages. Uh, But the spiritual forces behind it will remain invisible, that should be very uh, important to us because as we look at the surface of things in the church, we can sometimes focus on all of the bad stuff, right? The sins of the members of the body of Christ, the fracture, the divisions, the, uh, the even the scandalous things that happen. Uh, There's an article about the German bishops in the headlines, for instance. Uh, you know, we can see those things and get very discouraged, and yet it's still the, the invisible spiritual forces, the will of God behind His body, which is the church, His bride, which. Which is spotless and and sinless, uh, I think, should encourage us, right? And don't forget that sickle represents the day of judgment, which is coming for each and every one of us. May we be ready for it. In the second half, we see the mustard seed that grows into a lo- the biggest of plants, right? So this contrast of really tiny to really big. Now, I've had many conversations with with non Catholics who who can't seem to see in sacred scripture where we would get the modern-day, vastness, incredible uh, intricacies of our Catholic faith. The basilicas, the shrines, you know, the, the churches, the, the ornate uh, vestments, and the altars, and, and all of the rest. Well, I mean, look at this own parable. It starts small, with a twelve, and grows to encompass the entire world, just as Daniel's prophecies would tell us would happen, as well as many others. But here's what St. Gregory the Great said in regards to this parable. He said, The maturing grain signifies our increase in virtue. First, the seeds of good intentions are sown. These gradually bring forth the blade of repentance and ultimately mature ear of charitable works. When established in virtue, we are made ripe for God's harvest. You know, as um, maybe Trump might say, it will grow bigly, but it's about what we grow to. It is the salvation of souls that is the mission of church, and that it is the salvation of all souls, not just some of them, but every one of them. God wants us all. Emily, Adrian. Uh, yeah, so I think uh,
5: what's important as well is to talk about what Elapide says in regards to the. Uh, what the passage references, what what does it mean when he's making these uh, references, to the seed, the harvest, the field, what is all this? Uh, Lopiné says the seed is the word of God, and uh, the word himself made flesh, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And uh, and it's also the evangelical doctrine, which is the gospel. Now, the field is the hearers, the people who hear the word of God, like you and I, people who are listening uh, to what is spoken, what is preached to you. The harvest is the second coming and your death. So most of us will not live to see the second coming, uh, but or probably none of us will live to see the second coming, to be honest. But every single one of us will die. And at our judge at our death, we will be then we will then be judged by what we have heard uh, and how we responded to those God, the gospel that is given to us the seed, the sower will come and plant his seeds and we will respond however it is that we uh decide to respond and if we do not respond well we end up like the wheat the uh the weeds rather than the wheat and we will not be taken up we will not be taken into heaven but will be cast down into the fire to be burned up Uh, So
3: I think that's very important to meditate on. Amen. Praise God. Uh, More opportunity for conversation about this and all the other topics in the show uh, is going to happen in the after show of the program, which will come after uh, we go off of the radio side. We'll stay on video uh, on YouTube facebook and twitter but coming up next is the last three opportunities to get on this week's drawing for the prizes in the catholic trivia game show fear and trembling if you want to get those three opportunities you should call right now 877-757-9424 877-757-9424 we'll be right back call now
6: Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics?
8: 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture, read the Catechism, listen to Apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic Radio, Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity. An opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth
0: in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio
1: for your soul.
2: Joe McLean. Praise be to Jesus
3: Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show that lets you work out your salvation in fear and in trembling. Praise be to God. We have a new opportunity. Uh, to uh, have three chances in the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Now, here's the deal. Here's the kicker. I don't ask these questions to the caller. These are Catholic trivia questions, but I don't ask them. I ask Emily, I ask Adrian, and the two of them have conspired against uh, our listener. No, that's not true. They have great charity for them. But they have uh, they, they're a little tricky, so you got to be careful. One of them will have a right answer and the other one will not. It'll be a wrong answer. The caller will have 15 seconds to decide who's right, who's wrong, Emily or Adrian, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup. But the thing is, today, we will actually pull the winner out of the prize, uh, out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence, and announce that live on the air, and uh, give that prize pack away. Speaking of which, tell them what they could win, Emily. So this week's sponsor, and today we're giving away
4: the Guadalupe Rosary Bracelet from AromaRosary.com. You can find them also on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Now, this bracelet is valued at $70. It's built to diffuse essential oils. It has a solid bronze crucifix and a miraculous medal. And every rosary blesses a Catholic ministry.
3: All right. Let's go to the phones. And thank you, by the way, for those that tried to call in to be a part of our show today. We're very grateful to you. But, uh, <laughs> Philippa, good morning to you. Thank you for being on the program.
6: Good morning. Where
3: are you calling from, from Philippa? And am I saying your name correctly?
7: It's Philippa. Philippa. We're
3: real close. All right. Great praise now. God. Where are you calling from, I'm Philippa?
7: Calling from, um, I'm calling from San Antonio, Texas.
3: Hey, what church do you go to?
7: Uh, St. Monica's in Converse.
3: Well, I grew up uh, in that part of the, wor- the world. I went to Judson High oh, School. Really?
7: It's a small world. <laughs> oh, wow.
3: Cool. Yeah, crazy. Back in those days, we had two campuses, though, and uh, we still had the giant stadium. But at any rate, uh, Philippa, we're very grateful you're part of the show. Have you been listening? Do you understand the rules of the game and how it's played?
7: I do, yes, sir.
3: So you know that Emily and Adrian are tricky, and you've got to pay very close attention. <laughs> okay all right here we go are you ready i'm ready emily as is our custom we will start with you are you ready yes are you sure
4: yes joe are
3: you sure mm-hmm. okay here we go emily what is the term for the three days each quarter of the year which are set aside as days for special penance and prayers Now, these happen the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday following December the 13th, the first Sunday of Lent, Pentecost, and September the 14th. These are special days, three days, that happens every quarter for penance and prayers. What are they called?
4: Um, Are they holy days of obligation?
3: You're going to go with Holy Days of Obligation. Okay. I think so. Okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me the term for the three days set aside every single quarter of the year for special days of penance and prayer? Uh, Yeah. So these are the Ember Days. The Ember Days. Oh, that's okay. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for Ember Days and Emily is on the hook for Holy Days of Obligation. Who's right? Who's wrong? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Philippa, what say you? Um, I really like
7: how you're saying my name, and also I'm gonna say Emily.
3: Emily. Ooh, survey says. Yeah. Oh, you tricked us, Adrian. Adrian, so you gotta stop We're, doing that. False sense of hope, Adrian. All right. Uh, uh, so, so, so I I'm sorry, uh, Philippa, it's, uh, it's actually, Adrian was right, and they were ember days.
4: Oh, okay. Adrian, what All is right. an ember day?
5: An ember day is the the days and the change of the seasons to pray for vocations and to give thanks to God for the harvest. And so these were done uh, three times a year, and so that that's a traditional practice that is uh, kind of gone by the wayside, but it's uh, something that's a great thing to uh, bring back.
3: Amen. Uh, Well, we learned something, right? Uh, So new opportunity, and we have two more questions, two more uh, chances here, and I think they get easier from here, so let's just see how they go. Adrian, I will start with you this time. Adrian, can you do me a favor and translate the word papa into English? Um, Potatoes. No, seriously? Yeah, that's what Papa means. Papa means potatoes.
5: Pretty sure. Uh, like, I'm like 90% sure. Like hash browns, potato no, tots. Like just, just
3: potatoes. Just potatoes. Okay. <laughs> Emily? <laughs> no, serious. we gotta be serious about this. Emily, uh, could you do me a favor? Can you translate the word Papa into English?
4: <laughs> um, I think the answer you're looking for <laughs> is, is Pope. I don't
3: know why you're laughing. It's told to be legitimate.
4: Okay, so the Pope, we call the Pope uh, our Papa. He's our spiritual father.
3: Okay, so you're saying the word Pope is the English version of Papa. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so Emily's on the hook for the Pope. Adrian's on the hook for potatoes. Uh, who's right, who's wrong? Philippa, who, what say I, you?
8: I, I, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> um, I, I've i never heard the
7: Pope called papa, and I know um, I'm Hispanic. We call him his papa. See, he's, he's, um, he's Papa
4: Francesco. Papa Francesco.
7: I, I'm gonna go with Adrian as
3: soon as it sounds. I don't know. Oh, I'm oh. so sorry!
7: <laughs> I
3: feel terrible!
8: <laughs> oh, no, Felipe! <laughs>
3: Filippa, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm sorry, but in fact, the word "papa" does mean pope, and that is how we began it, to call It also him pope. means it also means potatoes, way. though. Uh, that was
4: yes. such a trick. A I, th- tr- I think we should give her that one. They both right. mean potatoes. Uh,
3: serva- okay, Aladdin, <laughs> all, all in Aladdin favor of giving him. Philippa an honorary into the cup. Aye, aye, Have it, uh, Adrian. Uh, okay. Adrian was trying to trick you, and I'm so sorry for that. I Told you, you do have to be careful. Now, Isaiah 20 does talk about the the sort of the proto. Uh, Pope in the Old Testament being a father to the people. So that's where we started calling guess, the ma- the yes. bishop in Rome Papa. as the Pope as the Papa, the father to the people in Rome. So a little background there. All right. Well, last I chance, really last opportunity, uh, Philippa. Here we go. Uh, back to you, Emily. Okay. And uh, I think this time, a super easy question. Let's just uh, let's see I how it goes. Exactly. All right, here we go. Emily, what are the two forms of indulgences?
4: Ah, I know this. I actually know this. Okay, so there are two kinds of indulgences, which we still use, by the way, and they're actually good. Um, There are partial and plenary indulgences. And the difference is that partial indulgences only remove part of the temporal punishment, and Mm -hmm. plenary indulgences remove all of the temporal punishment for sin. That
3: we would incur in Purgatory. Right,
4: until you sin again. Okay.
3: Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, that was plenary, plenary and partial for Emily. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell us the two forms of indulgences? I'm going to go and say it's full,
5: and they gives rid of full, all of it, and temporal, which removes temporal. There you
3: go. Okay, so Adrian is on the hook for full and temporal. Emily is on the hook for plenary and partial 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Philippa, what say you?
7: I'm
8: going
3: to say Emily. Survey says. And it's legit. You got it. You did it, Philippa. (laughs) So smart. It's tricky business now, isn't it? Tricky business. It is. You know, it is. It, interesting. Uh, I was just reading the other day in Warren Carroll's History of Christendom, Volume Four, about Martin Luther and his 95 thesis that he uh, they nailed to the church doors at Wittenberg. He did not like the sale of indulgences. Neither did the Council of Trent in reforming the church. By the way, but he began to argue that uh, the church did not have a treasury of graces from which it could help to overcome the plenary and partial and you know to. Help oh, uh, sinners overcome these uh, punishments for due to sin in purgatory, and it turns out he was wrong. In fact, uh, I think it was uh, who was the the great cardinal that debated him and uh, and really defeated him soundly. Do you remember Adrian? No, it wasn't a cardinal. It was a Dominican friar. He ah. was. Uh, I forget what his name
5: How was. How I know the Dominicans would come up in this because well, they're the best. That's why. And his <laughs> name. Where's his cornerer? Like his name. He would because he cornered all his people that he would debate. oh Philippa, well, you're Ow. in
4: twice. Congratulations. Yeah.
3: So a little history. History lesson, so a little much. opportunity there, Philippa. So we're very grateful to you. You got two opportunities at the prize, which we're going to draw a winner out. So uh, Philippa, what I'm going to do is I'm going to place you on hold. And uh, that way we can pull the prize out. And, and if it's God's will, maybe it'll be you. But we're very grateful you were on the program today. Thank you for playing along.
7: Thank you guys and God bless y'all.
3: God love you. God bless you. I'm going to put you on hold. All right. Uh so Emily, now is the time to you got to mix it up. Be very I'm fair it up. I'm mix, not mix 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 really, you know. And uh, pull out a name and let's read that live on the air. Let's I'm see who is the it from this the week's very winner.
4: Very bottom. Okay. Here it is.
3: We need drum roll again.
4: Oh, I grabbed two. Okay. I've got one.
3: This week's winner is Lee. Lee. Lee, congratulations. Congratulations Lee, you are the winner. I'm sorry for Leba, but uh, we pulled out Lee's name. So God love you, God bless you. Again, thank you for being a part of our program. But Lee, congratulations to you. And uh, we're very grateful we'll be putting you in contact with our sponsor who will send the uh, – w- one more time, what was it? Aroma Rosaries
4: Guadalupe Bracelet, valued at $70. So congratulations, Lee. This is a great prize. We had
3: so many callers this week. All right. Praise God. That's a lot of fun. Uh, every day I come home, my, uh, my, my youngest daughter says I, you know she always likes to listen to the game show, Mary Therese. So if, Mary Therese, you're listening today, thanks for being a part of our game show. We're very grateful to you, too. So it's a learning opportunity for all of us, right?
4: Yeah, and can I give a sneak preview for next month's prizes? Please. So Tiny Saints is giving away a gift box of goodies valued at $75.00. Choose Life is giving away one of their um, chewable baby rosaries, which are so cute. You have to look up the videos, valued at $38. And then Tan Books, our recurring sponsors, giving away a $200 set of books on the life of Christ.
3: Wow. Praise be to God. Those are huge prizes.
4: So you're going to want to keep calling in if you're listening.
3: So get the number and keep it uh, very close to you because Monday through Friday, We do the Catholic Trivia Game Show. It's a lot of fun. All right, so the Holy Mass will begin to broadcast at uh, 30 past the hour, but we will stay on live video feed Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. We want to interact with you. We want to know where you're from and uh, what church you go to, and if you have any questions or comments. Plus, we'll be uh, conversating about... uh, You know, uh, certain quotes from saints that came up in the show today. That may come up in the conversation, plus some of these headlines. All that in the after show coming up here in just a moment or two. But do us a favor, like, subscribe, and share to our social platforms. Help us spread the word about Catholic Drive Time. We would be very grateful if you'd become missionaries with us in the work. You can find all the details of our program at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here on Catholic Drive Time. We're hanging out on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter next. God bless.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here
4: on your favorite Catholic radio station.
0: Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
3: Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
0: Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now,
1: and God love you.
0: Praise be to Jesus
3: Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where it gets a little more casual. We uh, we tend to let our hair down and uh, conversate about the program. Some of us have more hair than others, I'm just saying. Uh, but great show today, Emily.
4: Yeah, I really enjoyed it.
3: A lot of fun. Uh, uh, of course, Teresa Kamara hanging out with us for the What's Concerning Us and getting caught up on all of the the pro-life news for the for the week made life a lot easier for us, I would say.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I thought Susan was really great, too. It's great to just hear um, her mobilizing women because women are really losing a lot. As we've heard from this Biden presidency, he's trying to erase the meaning of sex and gender which is gonna hurt women in the long run. So glad to hear Muslim, uh, Susan bringing up those issues as well. And, uh, oh, Jesus, over on Facebook is asking me what, oh, he was asking, he said, let your hair down. Is he talking to you,
3: Joe? I, Ouch! That's rough, Emily. I, just because just I have obviously uh, not talking to him, he doesn't more, have any hair. More glare on the top these days. He's getting I a tonsure, be- natural it- natural tonsure. God's giving him a tonsure on the head. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so guess what? Uh, before we jump into answering Jesus there on Facebook, uh, we're going to have to leave him hanging for just a moment there. But uh, apparently, our winner is on the phone uh, from the the trivia today. Lee. Good morning to you.
7: Oh, I'm so excited! Oh, we're so excited for you, Lee!
3: Praise be to God, uh, Lee. We're very grateful that, uh, that you are part of our show at all, and then to be the winner. How fun is that?
0: Yeah. Yes, and my brother was listening to the radio and
6: heard me. He had a pullover. He was so excited. Oh, <laughs> uh,
3: Where is your brother from?
6: Uh, we're both from um, Montgomery County, Maryland, right outside D.C., and he goes to St. Mary's in Rockville, and oh, I cool. go to Our Lady of Mercy in Potomac. So.
3: How Awesome. Well, praise be to God. That's
4: wonderful. Congratulations, Lee
3: now now
4: oh have a great weekend you all
3: (laughs) no real quick uh so do you do this particular rosary is for babies do you have a baby no no no, no, it's not this is
4: the aroma rosary oh forgive me this is the
3: scented one it's
4: the essential oils rosary yeah
3: i guess i got confused there which is normal for me by the way uh but uh lee well congratulations to you my wife was very jealous that that you're gonna have an an, uh, essential oil rosary she's probably gonna order one do you have a
4: devotion
6: to our lady of guadalupe Uh, no, but to Mary for sure. So I have a daughter, Mary Rose. Oh, cool. uh,
3: Beautiful name.
6: Mary all the time. So I'm so excited.
7: We're excited for you. I love
3: it. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the show.
7: All right. Have a great weekend.
3: God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, praise God for that. Um, that's funny.
4: I know a Mary Rose from Maryland. I wonder if it's the same one. I
3: don't know how I uh, got confused on the whole baby teething thing versus the essential oils. Yeah, you, you only said, said it, said it a four you, billion times. You, this said, week. It like, yeah. you said
5: it like you said like four times at the beginning of the show, and I Emily know. was like, oh, that's our guest next week. Yeah. And then you were like, and hey, we're giving away a Chewable. No, <laughs> we're giving away a Roma <laughs> no, Rosary. No.
3: <laughs> I need like a post it note in front of me to keep <laughs> me honest because otherwise it gets very confusing. Uh, that's what happens to the elderly. Uh, anyway, Adrian Fonseca. Adrian Fonse- sake no jesus robles rather is really uh having a good time over on the the chat box here joaquin is over there as well god bless you uh thanks for hanging out with us now yeah so jesus wanted to know what your classes were jesus jesus uh this guy you know he spends his night uh hanging out at class as well he's trying to get a, a theology degree uh so he's very he's very uh you know interested in what classes you're taking emily
4: Uh, Okay, Jesus, we've got to have you on someday, but I am taking a class on the Pentateuch, so the Jewish scripture writings. I'm taking a class on Catholic social justice, which has been so fantastic so far, and a class on ethical leadership, which is also – we're actually reading a book by Father Spitzer, the Jesuit, and it's been so relevant and beautiful to read. I'm learning so much. And then um, I just took a class on ecclesiology, so that would be the theology of the church, um, theology of the body. What else am I taking? There's another one. Oh, and a fitness class.
3: (laughs) All right, praise God. Uh, Maybe uh, Jesus will let us know which classes he's taking. I think he Um, said
4: medieval writings.
3: Oh, Uh, that's cool. He got a great laugh out of your potato thing, though. (laughs) Well, Keen said you're hungry. I felt bad for Felipe.
5: I felt (laughs) really bad. I mean, technically, it's not wrong. Papa's is. Uh, potatoes in Spanish, but it's also <laughs> in Latin. No, okay, that explains some
3: things. Then, then that's why she. I was like, "Why are you laughing?" It's that.
5: like it's a legitimate answer. Oh man! <laughs> but
3: the but the second the next question after well that was that was great. You really threw us there too. But uh, all right, uh, potatoes. Uh, no, Papa. It's a very cool. I chose that question because I thought it was a teachable moment about our why we call the Pope the Pope. Right? Mm-hmm. He is the Papa to the. He is a father to the people. And there's a, there's a beautiful passage in Isaiah 20 that speaks of the proto-pope in the Old Testament who bore the keys of the kingdom and had authority, uh, according to, given to him by the king himself, and could bind and loose, but also was a father to the inhabitants of the city. And uh, so the pope is a father to the people of of uh, the Diocese of Rome initially. That's why they called him Papa. Uh, but now he's the father to the uh, to the people of the whole Catholic Church worldwide. But uh, fascinating fact, who else calls themselves Papa in the Catholic Church? Uh, doesn't the um, Patriarch of the East? Priest? No Well, yes, that's true. Father? No, but I'm saying at that level. Doesn't the Patriarch uh, uh, from, uh, I was going to say Constantinople, but it's really Istanbul. Uh, doesn't he call himself the Papa as well? I Adrian? have no idea. Fascinating fact. I'm not a schismatic. You're not. A schismatic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I'm,
5: I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I've never rough. heard that they called themselves Papa. That'd be kind of. I doubt it because they no, usually don't so. use Latin. Um, so they probably wouldn't say Papa. We'll have to look that
3: up. I want to say I, I did read that once. Papa's so. a
4: pretty universal. I think yeah. a lot of different languages. I'm sure use they'll that use term. the
3: Greek version of it, but uh, the uh-huh. essence is the same. At any rate, uh, we can look that up. Uh, let's see. Jesus is commenting over here. By the way, if you're hanging out with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, comment. Let us know where you're from, who you are, where do you go to church, uh, how long you've been listening to Catholic Drive Time, and uh, that'd be fun. We've got 12 people hanging out with us on, over on YouTube right now. We'd love to see some comment action from you there. It'd be great. Of course, uh, Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook side, we've got three three feeds going: one on GRN Online, one on Catholic Drive Time, and one on the Stations of the Cross. Um, and of course, we're on Twitter as well. But, you know, lately Twitter has just been really atrocious. There's like almost no activity going on over on Twitter. I side. don't.
4: I don't even want to be on Twitter.
3: Yeah, it's been <laughs> rough on Twitter. I've been posting to Gab. I've been posting to Gloria TV, LinkedIn. I've been posting to a bunch of different sort of places just to kind of spread it out sp3rn which is a catholic social media site i've been posting there as well um catholic connect we need to look at that maybe we need to start posting uh, some information there
4: are we going to talk about the quote
3: yes <laughs> all right so uh during our conversation with susan a M- uh, musket yes. uh from profamilywoman.org um great conversation with her she, she you know she was wonderful but she said right before we were going to break pray as though Everything depends on God, and act as though everything depends on you. Now, she quoted St. Ignatius of Loyola, right?
4: Right, and then we went to break, and we were like, wait no. a second. I said,
3: that's Augustine. <laughs> and so there was a uh, a fierce conversation happening during the break. Uh, we thought we would continue on. But I think Adrian, being the super sleuth, has uh, and, investigated for uh, Well, further. it wasn't me. It was Emily who looked it
5: up, but... My first intuition was that it was probably both. It's pretty common that uh, saints and just like, uh, just theologians, philosophers, uh, just educated people would quote and uh, basically steal, Hold on. I say in parentheses.
3: Maybe, maybe, maybe before you give it away, we ask the audience.
4: Oh, let's do that. We've got lots of people watching ask right now.
3: Wherever you're at right now, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, who do you think said that? Don't Google it. Don't Google who Didn't did? we already give the answer? Did we? You just said it was Augustine,
5: just like three seconds ago. Darn it. Like You were like, I thought it. I said it was Augustine.
3: Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's go down a rabbit hole for a moment. Oh,
4: Leticia, good morning. She's on Facebook. Let's go down a rabbit hole
3: for real quick. Okay. Uh, Getting old does not pay off. Okay. So don't do it. Just, just just, stop. Just stop getting older. Stop celebrating your birthdays, because the older you get, the more the brain shuts off, especially this time of the day, and it doesn't want to work. So I busted my own trap. That's Life a is a
4: gift, and the more of it you've lived, the more blessed you are.
3: Yeah, amen. All right, so I guess we, <laughs> I, I guess we gave it away. Or I did. We. Yeah. By we, the royal we. I meant the royal we. Uh, Augustine is the original, right? Right. And so yes. Augustine said it originally,
5: and it's pretty common in, uh, for ancient uh, philosophers, theologians, and the like, and even not not really just ancient, but just up until like the last few hundred years, to quote other people into what we would call plagiarize, but which didn't exist, they would just quote other people without. Um, attributing their quotes, yep. and so it's pretty common, in fact, to do that. So Ignatius uh, had quoted Augustine and just said it. He didn't say Augustine says. He just said it. Now, who do you guys think is the most misquoted saint? Francis.
4: <laughs> I was going to say Mother Teresa.
3: That's probably true. That's probably true. Really, you think Mother Teresa is the most? Oh, saint? <laughs> so <laughs> All many of those time. like
4: classic Mother Teresa quotes she never are not said even. It. A, she never actually said those. I was going to
3: say Vatican too, but okay, it's not <laughs> a saint. Nah, I'm teasing. I'm teasing.
5: It's a joke.
3: Calm down. It's, it's going to be fine.
5: Uh, no, but yeah, Francis. Uh, so it's, uh, Trent Horn, which we have booked for uh, February 10th, is he's going to be on the show. Great. Uh, we're talking to him about his book, uh, The Counterfeit Christ. Uh, and But he also wrote the book on what the saints never said. Uh, so that, his, he was uh, listening to a podcast he did on it, and he said, you know – out of all my books, the book on what the saints never said did the worst, and I think it's because people
3: don't want me to burst their bubbles. Yeah. Oh, you know. But does he talk about uh, Saint Francis in that book? I don't know. Like, I didn't read it. I didn't want my book okay. bu- bubbles we burst. We get it. I'm yeah. actually
4: interested. I'm no, interested. I'm,
3: yeah, because the the, the whole uh, preach often and sometimes use it's oh, yeah, always it's the gospel him. and sometimes use words like f- Saint Francis actually never said that. Uh, yeah. Even Pope Saint Paul the Sixth mentions this in his encyclical mm-hmm. uh, Evangelii Nunciandi. He Points this out that this is not an actuar- accurate saying of St. Francis. It was attributed to him later. Um, and so it's, uh, it'd be a great conversation. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Jesus Robles also thinks. That uh, Francis yeah, is funny. the most uh, misquoted saint i 'd love to know dear audience uh, if you 're wherever you 're hanging out, let us know who you think is the most misquoted uh, saint. I would love to know your opinion on that quote comment in uh, on the video where you 're at now. I know when I was reading the early church fathers uh, very intensely, especially in the first two centuries um, they were always quoting the Gospels, and they never gave, uh, you know, yeah, chapter when you and see verse. It, the uh, editors added in. Later. There was no chapter and verse at the time to yeah. to say to mention. But they w- they wouldn't even say, "Hey, Matthew said so and so or something." They wouldn't even say that. They would just simply give. They would incorporate the passage and into, expect you to know. Expect you to figure that out. Yeah, it's a powerful. Yeah. On YouTube, uh, Jay Kabara
5: Cabrea uh, says. Favorite news story Honduras making pro family and pro life a constitutional fundamental right. Wow. And uh, and they said that her name is Jennifer from Clear Lake City, Texas, and goes to St. Clair of Assisi. So thank you for joining us
3: on YouTube. And that's, and I don't, give us a link to that story. I'd like to see that actually. That'd be super cool. You know, we see some of these stories that happen in places that you don't ever hear about, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of the reason why you were incorporating the story from Poland today.
4: Oh, and Belarus and all the other places that you never hear about. You
3: never hear about these. Mm -hmm. So uh, Honduras is uh, is becoming more pro-family, pro-life. Praise God. I want to hear about that. I want to share that. Give us the the link to that, and maybe we can post that around. That'd be awesome. I'd like to check that out. Yeah,
4: and Adrian, I was going to ask, do you have any leads on the uh, Hillbilly Thomists? Can we talk about the Hillbilly Thomists? Yeah,
3: so
5: yeah, I I reached out to the Hillbilly Thomists. For y'all who don't know, the Hillbilly Thomists are a group of Dominican friars in the eastern province, the province of St. Joseph who are uh, have a, a, a bluegrass band who plays bluegrass music, uh, and I reached out to them to see if I can get them on the show for next week. Uh, we'll see. They haven't got back to me yet, but I'm really hoping they get back to me because their album is bomb, and are I love the, the,
3: the Friars. Are we able to play any of their like music? Like
4: five seconds? Are there, oh, I'm sure.
3: Are there, is their there, there music covered by any one of the, the copyright firms? No idea.
4: That's a good we question. Should, well, let's we should ask, find let's out. Let's ask
3: them, because if not, then we could play a tune.
4: Oh, they're so good. I just love their music. And their name, if you don't know, so their name, Hillbilly Thomas, comes from a quote from Flannery O'Connor, who, when she was asked if she was a hillbilly nihilist, she said, no, I'm actually a hillbilly Thomas. And that's because she read the Summa every night before bed.
3: Well, I'll check them out anyway. You could post a link to their, uh, do they have their albums on YouTube? Yep. Yeah, okay.
4: Spotify, everywhere. And they, they have a couple music videos, too, which are so fun to watch.
3: Now, we could pull the old uh, commentary on top of the song. That would clear us mm. from copyright infringement. <laughs> uh, but we have to make sure that they are not covered by any of the three out uh, firms. Otherwise, we'll get in big trouble. Uh, but Because that would be fun to play some of their music. It would be kind of cool to do. Oh, we t- a couple of weeks ago. No. What day was that when when the the, the guy from Scotland that did the uh, wellerman last week. was that last week he got a he got a recording deal and quit his job he's a, he was a he was a mailman in Scotland and I was watching an interview and he I don't know what language he speaks it ain't English whatever it is <laughs> they had to put they had to put subtitles on the video because uh they couldn't understand what he was saying uh i guess his uh, scottish brogue is so thick Uh, but uh, good for him. He got a recording deal. Hopefully that works out and he doesn't have to go back to the mail route. We'll see how that goes. Um, Who else is on for next? Who who are we trying to get next week besides the Hillbilly Thomas? Um, I also reached out
5: to Eric Samus to get him back on the show, so we had him on a couple weeks ago. I guess at this point it's been about a month.
4: Yeah, it's been a while.
5: Um, Maybe a little bit over that. And so we're getting him trying to get him back on the show to talk about because he just got hired as the editor in chief for Crisis, Crisis magazine. Yeah. So I reached out to him.
3: Hopefully we'll have him on for next week as well. Yeah, He's great.
4: God. Eric Sammons is great.
3: Um, big stories this week. We have a few minutes left in our conversation with you in the after show. Any, any stories that really stood out to you this week that were like, uh, you know, important to you and Adrian, Emily, anything like that?
4: I thought the stock market news was hilarious, oh <laughs> too
3: we haven 't really talked too much about that. We mentioned it, of course, in the news yeah. but there's a of course we we 're all hearing about it right now, but there 's a major battle raging between hedge fund managers and uh and these retail stock purchasers so they're the the, the people that buy and sell like day traders uh they 've gone to war with each other, and it 's cost billions of dollars yeah in the hedge fund side so they've basically applied a lot of pressure to people like Robinhood which is an outlet that's supposed to be making it super easy for the average person to buy and sell stock uh, and it stands for the man you know Robin Hood who mm-hmm. robbed from the rich and gave to the poor uh, that kind of thing um well which is ironically what they're doing apparently they got a lot of pressure from the hedge funds and decided to shut off the ability to to buy Certain stocks, like uh, the uh, GameStop and AMC and Nokia. I have the Nokia. list. You, okay, what's A, on the list?
4: Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll. BlackBerry. Build-A-Bear. Nokia. Build-A-Bear. Blockbuster. Express. And Bed Bath & Beyond. So all the stocks that were kind of starting to die, those are the ones <laughs> that are shooting awesome. up right now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so
3: there is, uh, now it's getting so serious that there's going to be investigations. Uh, did Reddit cancel this group? Because they were communicating yes, so through Reddit. They were canceled. Uh,
5: they could not cancel them because for what they did, because they did nothing illegal, uh, maybe a little immoral, maybe, well, uh, and maybe also, um, but they wasn't illegal because they just all they they didn't conspire to well, do that's anything the illegal. They're gonna so they're gonna try to go after them, them for on conspiring. Reddit for they cancel them on Reddit for hate speech because they said that wow. there's a lot of things on their Reddit page that was just uh, not very nice, not very good things. So that's what they canceled them for.
3: Now that they're gonna go after them for for they're gonna have to try to prove that they conspired to. Together against the hedge funds. But here's the kicker, though. Even that is not, not illegal. Oh, yes, it is, actually. Uh, I was listening to some uh, um, some interviews on this subject, and it is illegal to conspire in this Isn't regard. Isn't that what
4: the hedge fund managers do?
3: The, exactly. So th- this is the thing. These hedge funds, they make a decision that they want to short sale certain stocks. And what they will do is they'll say, okay, I want to sell some stocks, and I want to downgrade this stock so it sells super cheap, and then I'm going to buy it back at super cheap and make a ton of money on a quick turnover. So what they do is they get on uh, for like uh, the, the the cable news networks, and then they will downplay the stock that they are trying to sell. They'll say, "Oh, this stock is terrible. It's going to crash. It's going to burn. You don't want this." And it drives the price down, and then they they're able to sell it super cheap, and then they buy it back super cheap, and then they then they build it up, and then they made a ton of money. So uh, the hedge funds apparently can do that all day long, and it's fine. But when the retailers are like. Hold on, you're manipulating the market, and so here you go, have at it. Here's a war, um, and apparently only one side of that equation is wrong, not oh, the other. Okay, so we're going off air in about one minute, and so I'm going to play
5: ten seconds of the Hillbilly Thomas. Here you go.
3: There you go, Hillbilly Thomas. They're going <laughs> to be on the show next week. We'll get some clarity on the copyright issue from them, and hopefully, if all that works out, we'll be able to play a whole tune, or at least a big portion of a tune would be kind of cool. Uh, so look forward to that, but that's going to be on next week's Catholic Drive Time. More breaking news and stories next week, more uh, more inspiration, more fun in the trivia game show, which has uh, been a real blast to to have... Uh, And this time it'll actually be the chewable rosaries. Okay. (laughs) But next week I'm going to talk only about the... uh, Aroma rosary. Aroma rosary. Don't chew
4: on the Lava Rock rosary, (laughs) (laughs) please.
3: It's it's awfully crunchy. I'm not sure. But the textures. Babies like textures, so it kind of makes sense. Um, I'll get it right someday. Someday. But that's the Catholic Drive time uh, for this week. We're very grateful to you for being a part of our program. Uh, Do us a favor. Big favor. Huge favor. Uh, Make sure you share the show uh, with your friends your family. Let people know. Go through all of your social platforms, post links to our content, and invite people to be a part of our program live. We would love to have them on the team. uh, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, Monday through Friday, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and the Station of the Cross. Uh, So that's uh, about 50-plus stations that we're on live, but we're also posting live YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and some of these other platforms. We'd love your help on spreading the news about what we're doing here at Catholic Drive Time. We're praying for you. We hope you pray for us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. God bless you. God love you, and have a great day.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time